Do you need help accelerating your career journey? Then check out my courses and resources over at fasttracktofearless.com. Podcast listeners get a special 20% discount on the website. Enter the code POD20 at checkout. Welcome to Fast Track to Fearless. I'm Tracy Forsyth and I'm here to help you become 100% career confident. In each episode, we learn the secrets of inspirational people and fearless leaders as they share their journeys to success. You have everything, you have yourself, and it's what you do with what you have that is going to lead you to your success. That's Rachel Koo. Rachel is the personification of that saying, if life gives you lemons, make lemonade. I'm always about if there are restrictions or if there are challenges and stuff like that, there is a way around it. It's just about finding that creative solution. And, it, and that's what I thrive on. It's like, okay, there's a challenge. I'm up for that. <laughs> Rachel Koo is a multi-talented bon vivant, breathing fresh air, colorful flair, and the practice skills of a chef onto the world stage and into the kitchens and living rooms of home cooks internationally. Rachel is a TV presenter and producer, podcaster, food writer, a global culinary consultant, and six times best-selling cookbook author. You may know her as the sassy and feisty judge on The Great British Menu, from her new cookbook, Chocolate, or from her TV series, Simple Pleasures. Rachel's career has been driven by her passion for communicating, and it just so happens that food became the perfect vehicle for that. She also never backs down from a challenge. For every problem she faces, Rachel looks for a creative solution. And that's added a hint of the unexpected to her life, adding a unique and innovative twist to everything that she does. If there's a problem, there's always a solution. Everything I, I see, you know, I started my career. Most people know my career from that tiny kitchen in Paris. A lot of people would say, I can't cook in a tiny kitchen with two gas rings and a toy oven. And I was like, well, I can. And I have a tiny kitchen, but I can make it into a thing. I can turn it into like, well, actually, this is a big selling point because I can only fit two for lunch. So it's the tiny, tiniest restaurant in Paris. So I always think there might be a problem, but there's always a solution. At the time, that was the third cookbook I was writing. And I knew from writing recipes and developing them you have a lot of food waste you know have a lot of ingredients and cooking you need to do and so I thought well look I can do a pop-up in my apartment I couldn't afford to kind of hire an expensive professional kitchen I was like well I invite people for lunch they'll pay for the ingredients because I just asked them to cover the costs I don't wait for the food I get some feedback I meet some people it's only two people that's the amount of people I could fit in. So I was just like, right, this is what I have. This is what I can do with those resources. It's it's similar to like last year with the pandemic hitting, I was a week away from filming the chocolate series, which has just gone out that, you know, we were already in pre-production and that just stopped. So a week away from like going into filming, I was like, right, I have no idea what's whether we're going to film again, what's going to happen. And, and so I just emailed the commissioning director saying, look, I'm in Sweden. I've got these possibilities. What are your restrictions? What could we do? And that's how we brainstormed Rachel Koo's Simple Pleasures. So I was like, okay, I can cook it in the countryside because it was low risk. We got a, like a cameraman who was like 
from in the same county, you know, it was in the countryside, in the middle of nowhere. It was just me and a cameraman and two local cooks kind of helping me out, kind of prepping stuff. And that was how Rachel Q's Simple Pleasures came about, was because, right, I've got this. We can make something. It's just going to be different. It takes a real fighting spirit and strong resilience to be able to find positives and solutions in every problem. It all comes down to reframing how you view what happens to you. This has been particularly true during the pandemic, which has felt very end of the world for many of us. But simply searching for the silver linings or unexpected benefits can change your attitude completely. Rachel says her strength comes from her mum and grandma. My granddad died when my mum was very young. My grandma had to raise like six kids on her own. And my mum just would, they were very poor. She would tell me about how resourceful and how just really clever with, you have to be like not wasting anything. And, And I think that has been instilled in me, like being resourceful. And even if you have less, you can still be creative. Don't let believing oh I need to have this and this and this to be able to succeed that's not true you you already have the tools in your hand you have everything you have yourself and it's what you do with what you have that is going to lead you to your success I don't believe that like you need certain things to, to I mean obviously it helps you know budget helps and stuff like that but there's always a way I really believe that It's so true, there is always a way. But it does seem on the surface that some people get their way a little easier than others. The opportunities just land on the plates of lucky people. But the moment you stop believing that you're just one of the unlucky ones is the moment you can begin to flourish. Everybody thinks like, oh, you're on TV. People just like throw projects at you. Yeah, sometimes that happens. But most of the time I am out pitching. And a lot of the time I pitch door doesn't open, stays closed, or it opens a little bit, and they're like, "Mm, no, and then you're like, so you are constantly, you just have to constantly put out ideas. And often it is a work in progress. So for instance, um, I work a lot with uh, the National Japanese Channel, uh, because my TV shows are aired there, and my cookbooks are translated in Japan, and I usually go to Japan every year. Um, to do a, like a, a special a cooking special over in Japan. And this year, or last year, I couldn't. So um, I pitched to them to do a special from Stockholm. And I had to set up my own production company to make this happen. I was dealing with like COVID protocols, insurance, getting the crew together. It was it was a lot of work, but a great learning experience. We had the director, the whole kind of director, series producer Skyping in from Tokyo with a translator. Like it, it was nuts. All from my little kitchen. Yeah, well not little, it's a bit bigger. But it's again, it's like uh I just feel like seizing the opportunities. And um, it never hurts to send an email. It never hurts to reach out. You And nowadays, it is so easy to reach out to people. Like I use LinkedIn. I, you know, you can like make, I sometimes guess the email addresses. I've done that a lot. You know, I just like, and I pick up the phone. People always are like a bit strange when you pick up the phone. Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm like, we just emailed. <laughs> I saw your phone number. Do you mind? Like, no, no, no. But I sometimes think that the, the, actually picking up the phone will get you a lot there quicker with less kind of 
bouncing back emails. It's a sales game. I mean, I've listened to a lot of sales kind of podcasts and it's like the more the more you like pitch, the more likely you're going to get something out. And it also keeps you nimble. You've got to keep on pushing yourself. Obviously, you have downtimes. Like I am not like this machine where I'm like, oh, I've got to like doof, 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 doof. No, it's not like that. But they're like, you kind of go through ups and downs, you know, and I had a very intense year last year. So the first three months this year, I've been doing some online courses. Um, I've been reading a lot. So you have to also nourish yourself. So remember that, you know, if you're putting a lot uh, out, also nourish yourself with different types of mediums, not just, I mean, social media is great, but I think like books, online courses, going out actually going for a walk is amazing um, and there are a lot of studies that walking or being in motion can help with the idea process so if you're thinking about new ideas and sometimes you just have to let it simmer it's like a good stew when you let it simmer for a little longer you develop those flavors the ideas start going and then things like start moving and you just have to give it some time I'd like to take a quick break to let you know how I can help you accelerate your career. Through private one-to-one executive coaching sessions, I'll help you step off the hamster wheel of work, reflect on where you are now and determine where you truly want to be. Together, we'll identify and conquer your inner critic, empower you to achieve your vision of success and create a step-by-step strategy to get you there. To achieve the fearless life and career you deserve, book a discovery call with me at fasttracktofearless.com. Remember, podcast listeners get a very special 20% discount on merchandise and courses by using the code POD20 on the website. Picking up the phone, reaching out on multiple platforms, letting ideas stew, it's great advice, but it's easier said than done. It's not the act of sending that third email or following up on LinkedIn and Twitter that's hard. It's fighting your own inner voice. Doing all of that might feel embarrassing. You might feel like an idiot or an irritation, but Rachel's got some great advice on that point too. I've got nothing to lose. Do you think that person is going to go home to their partner and say, yeah, this woman emailed me about this idea and like going to talk? No, they're probably like, if they don't answer, it's probably because they're super busy and they've got too much on their hands or whatever. Like, I honestly think you have got nothing to lose because that person is not going to go like announce it on social media. This woman sent me idiot. Like a lot of it is in your head. It's like, it's, it's really just like, Send it out there and and don't worry about it. Or you have nothing to lose apart from whatever time it took you to write that email. But you have to find your way a little bit. Don't like I always think, um, so I I actually I struggle in social situations sometimes. Like I'm very good with the work mode, da, 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 but like with new groups and stuff like that, I kind of an extrovert introvert. You know, sometimes when I've done TV jobs, I actually struggle with finding my place and my voice and it takes time. So I think I really think is finding out who you are and doing it your way. So just because somebody does it their way doesn't mean that is how you have to do it. And if you find it easier, okay, instead of sending it, I don't know, 
a long email, just send a two-liner or like, um, I don't know, or uh, like if it's not a phone call, maybe it's on another platform, you know, just find your way. But there's always a way. And, and I do believe you have to sometimes put yourself out of your comfort zone. This is what sets people apart from the people who say, oh, if I had that great idea. And the people who actually take that risk. And a lot of it, I mean, it's been talked about more about like uh, failure. And actually, I see failure now as it's not a failure. It's actually just something you're learning from. It's a positive thing. So it might not have worked out the way you wanted it to work. So what can you learn from that? And then take that experience and apply it to your next project. Like um, I had this lifestyle platform where I had five or six people working for me, um, a creative studio in London. And I ran it for a good couple of years. Um, I was in Stockholm, so it was kind of doing the back and forth. I just had a baby and it, it, it didn't work. I couldn't make it work. A lot of people would say that from a business point of view, that's a failure. And I'm like, okay, it didn't work out the way I wanted to, but I learned a huge amount about sales, pitching, managing people. Um, I managed to put a creative space together in London, which I sold last year. Um, I learned so much from that. Then actually, I think, okay, you know, it didn't work out. And now not having this project is actually turned into a positive thing because I'm actually doing other projects, which I find a lot more stimulating and really pushing me creatively because I was I ended up doing a lot of managing people, which I really hate. I realize I really hate managing people. So, yes, yeah. yes. So I think it's not nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with not achieving when you set out to do a project and it not going the way you initially intended it to. That's okay. It's just how you like reap the benefits from it. So there's no, I think people should stop fearing failure. Or like a rebrand failure. It's not failure. It's just you're learning, you know. Like Rachel says, there are many ways you can use failure to your advantage. Even once you've gotten over the fear of the pitch, you still get no's. Probably lots of them. But confidence is key when you're setting out to win anyone over. You have to believe in what you're selling if you want other people to buy it. Firstly, you need to value your work. So that is really important with the way you pitch your work, your way you uh, price your work. Actually, there's some really good social media stuff out there when somebody says, oh, look, I'm paying in exposure. Value your work. You know, exposure is great, but you've got to like pros and cons. And there are a few things you can reply like, um, oh, thank you very much for thinking of me, blah, blah. Do get in touch when you have uh, a budget. So I think really value your work and also the way you speak about your work. A couple of weeks ago, I met up with a PR and she wanted to invite me on a press trip. And she said, well, look, how does it work with payment and stuff like that? And I said, um, you know what? I need a fee because I have to, like, I have costs. And then I realized I should have stopped that. I need a fee, full stop. I was kind of having to justify why I need a fee. And I even now, I struggle sometimes. And that's why I have a TV agent and a literary agent. But I think, like, mentally, getting to that point, the language you use that you actually value your work will help you with the pitch. And then I always say, be the first one to put in, like, when they are, when they're like, you're not sure, should 
you ask how much they've got or should you say your fee? You know, it's a bit like dating, who should go first? I always say go in high because then they can negotiate you down. So add a, like another 30, 40%. I, I, I mean, negotiating is hard, but when you, I think, work on your confidence and valuing your work, then it will be easier to negotiate because you can say, and people admire that. You know, they're not paying for your time, they're paying for your expertise. Sometimes the grind can be exhausting, so we all need to find ways of reinvigorating ourselves, finding simple tricks like yoga to refill our energy reserves. And Rachel's got some great methods of her own. It's the first time like in a, in a decade I've actually really spent time to go on courses which aren't food related and to invest in myself, to take time to learn and I would highly recommend that. It's like um, if you were constantly putting stuff out, you can't put stuff out if you're empty. So if you're putting a lot of stuff out, you actually need to fill yourself up even more. You know, it's a bit like you're, you, you've got to think you're an athlete. And I, and I did this creative pirate course recently with this eating designer from Holland um, called Maria Vorgesang. And I've admired her for like, like 20 years I mean I, when I was in my mid-20s I, I sent her like a letter saying can I come work for her but it didn't happen I ended up doing the little Paris kitchen so I've ended up doing online courses with her and she had a really good an analogy of like or, or way of thinking about your work day so you're a marathon runner and you have to break down your day you can write it down everything you're doing and kind of look at each thing you're doing, is it energy giving or is it energy, is it taking energy away? Like looking at the things, what gives you energy and trying to up those things in your daily life? Because the hours equates days, the days equates, you know, weeks, you know, so like you have to do that on a daily basis. So for me, one of the things which I realized, and I used to be like in my mid twenties, I was like, "You've got to be kidding me! You really like into exercise?" <laughs> and it's just twenty five minutes. Like I do like these online classes. Like I don't know. From this morning, I did bar. Like sometimes I do hit. You know, I'm really bad. I'm not very good. I'm not very like. It's the same with running. But I realize that I kind of analyze my day. But the days I did start my day with twenty five minutes exercise. I just had a more productive day. So that's a kind of good, very simple exercise to do. Like write down what are you doing on your days and what day is a good day and what day is a bad day. And so the good days, how can you kind of replicate that? So you want to up your energy giving things. And energy giving can be going to meet your friend with coffee for coffee or like or going for a walk or reading for 10 minutes like a book you're really enjoying. And actually, by doing those energy giving things, you end up being more productive on your work projects because you have spent time to nourish yourself to kind of give you that energy. And it's not just activities that can give energy or suck it away. The people in your life can do the same. It's the analogy of the radiators and the drains. Stay close to the people who radiate energy and steer clear of those who drain it. Finally, What's Rachel's motto to live by? Work efficiently. I think there's a lot into being working efficiently. That's why I say if you pitch an idea now and it doesn't work now, keep it on the side. You might be able to rehash it and do it again. So be resourceful. <laughs> be efficient. Be resourceful. And then enjoy it. Enjoy it. Because like when you're 
in the hard graft, it's easy to forget. Like you're always like, oh, I'll be fine when I reach this goal, da, 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 da. but actually enjoy the process. A massive thank you to Rachel Koo for joining me on the podcast. So what can we take away? Don't look at obstacles as immovable objects blocking your path. See them as a challenge. Come up with innovative solutions and work your way around them. And don't fear failure either. Ask for feedback, look for the positives and bring the lessons you learnt into the next chapter of your career. Pitch, pitch, pitch. The hustle is real and the people who seem to get all the jobs have probably made five times as many unsuccessful pitches as they've made successful ones. But remember, you're not a machine. Make sure you take a break, take stock and have a rest. It'll make the hustle easier when you get back to it. When you're making a pitch, use language that makes it clear that you value your work. Then put your words into action. You should be paid for your time and expertise. It's as simple as that. Don't be disheartened if you're not getting any responses. Sometimes it takes as many as six emails before you'll get your first reply. Don't feel embarrassed. You've got nothing to lose. Equally, if emails are getting you nowhere, don't keep sending them. Pick up the phone or try LinkedIn or Twitter. And finally, go on courses like the ones at FastTrackToFearless.com. You can only know so much. To improve, you need to tap into the knowledge of other people and lap up the many fantastic resources out there. Thanks for listening to Fast Track to Fearless with me, Tracy Forsyth. Please review and like the show on Apple Podcasts. Until then, you can check out all my courses and resources on FastTrackToFearless.com. This podcast is produced by OG Podcasts. Find out more at ogpodcasts.co.uk.